This episode is brought to you by livingrelief.com, a Wolfpack-owned business that is your source for Delta-8, CBD, THCV, gummies, tinctures, chocolates, all North Carolina-based quality products that can help with sleep, anxiety, pain, and countless other medical benefits. Highly recommend checking these guys out. Their stuff is really good. And if you use code REDWHITE20, you get 20% off your first order. That's REDWHITE20. LivingRelief.com. Living, R-E-L-E-A-F.com. Thanks for listening. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with Will, who is wearing a beautiful sweater. Will, how are you doing? What's up, jerks? Um, <laughs> sorry, that's I can't use that. That's a how did this get made reference. Um, thank you. This is from L.L. Bean, and uh, it's very comfortable. And uh, every time I get up out of this chair, though, I get hit with static electricity. So side effect. To look Shocking. Really, yes. Shocking, shocking indeed. Shocking like your post about Chris Dunn. Sorry, am I jumping ahead in the notes, guys? You are jumping ahead because I wanted to rant about my golf game. All right, rant. Rant for a minute. Because you had just asked me about it, and I was like, damn, I was going to say something about it. I played today. It was windy. And I had been playing really well up until today. And I think I shot five over or something, which is disappointing because I was hitting the ball really well. But man, it's it's one little thought gets in your head and it'll just railroad you. And that's what happened to me, man. I was I was trying to shift my weight a little bit differently and I didn't realize it until like the sixteenth hole after I hit a wedge in that I, I pulled it and I'm thinking like, what the hell am I doing? And then I finally connected the dots to my swing thought. But man, I woke up this morning like, man, I'm gonna go low today. And I was feeling good. I went to the range a couple of balls where we played, just slapping them down the middle, and it just went off the rails. I couldn't do anything today. My short game was really good today. That's the only reason I shot as well as I did. This is like when um, but just one little thought gets your head. It's such a silly it's game. It's like when a billionaire like complains about a bad quarter. You know, you just like shot five <laughs> over. <laughs> um. It was a good five over. I like my wedges were really good. I, I was pitching and chipping everything close, but man, my irons were just horrendous. Well, you know, I yeah, expect better when you're hitting it from the youth tees like you play from, but um, you know, <laughs> special membership tees. Uh, uh, anyway. I'd give anything to yes. swing right now. I, so, so I'm jealous that you at least got to go out there. And then, I don't know. Are you guys going to get any snow this weekend? We're we're supposed to get yeah, some. we're supposed to get ice and stuff, and it's supposed to be cold for the next couple of weeks. So I'm not really going to play yeah, again, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, you could. Are you going to try to play my, tomorrow? I'm getting a fitting though. Are you going to try to play tomorrow before the weather? No, no, probably. Oh, not. Give me thinking about it for weeks. I know. I really am. I might take the kid out and get a couple holes in, but man, 
I'm going to Pinehurst on Wednesday next week. I'm doing a fitting because I want to get some new sticks. Now, are you replacing the whole bag or just irons? I don't know if I'll replace the whole bag, but I'm getting a whole bag fitting. Yeah. My focus is my irons. My irons are really old, and I got my eye on a couple. I'll probably change the shaft in my driver. I got a Sim 2, but I went back to my old M2 because I was... Just the swing weight doesn't feel right to me in the Sim 2. doesn't sound as good. And then, But irons and wedges are really what I'm focusing on. Yeah. And then if I can dial in my putter a little bit better. I was putting well, but I really need some new wedges and irons. So doing the whole thing, and we'll see what, what happens. But Well, good yeah. luck. Speaking of pulling the ball, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Dunn is returning. And I wrote a thing this morning that I wanted to talk about real quick. Because I, when when he it came out, I think David Thompson put the article out that Chris Dunn was returning. My initial reaction was, that's good. And then somebody had responded to me, is it? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. I wasn't really confident. And so, uh, you know, and then it had put a very well-articulated argument together. And that's what started the wheels turning and why I wrote that thing this morning. Because if you look at Chris Dunn's numbers, and it was kind of surprising to me. He's gotten a lot worse since he's got since he got here. I feel like that's his very field goal subjective. percentage. It's not it's not subjective at all. His field goal percentage in his first year here, he made eighty eight percent of his kicks, eighty nine percent of his kicks, and twenty six attempts. Yeah. Last year on less attempts, nineteen attempts, he made sixty eight percent, and he's been going down every year. Yeah, but they've also I feel like some of the kick difficulty has increased. Like he's 0 for 3 from 50 and he's 2 for 8 from 50 plus all his career. So you take out his two 350 yarders, two of which like I think they even admitted they were like, mm, these are long shots." Well, right? yeah, we knew a couple of them. So, um, but I'm like, saying is you take those yeah. three out, he's 84%. And like I mean, I think the one thing that should be noticed is in his first two years, we had he went twenty four from twenty four from inside the twenty nine. Uh twenty to twenty nine, yeah. right? And then the last two years he's had five attempts total from that distance. So like I feel like they are maybe like using him more in worse situations. Like harder kicks, I guess. And okay. you know, so he's getting tried out there kind of for tougher kicks. I do think we should like I still think he's not right from that injury. Whatever happened, he he must he can't be right. I, yeah, I just don't think. He I don't even remember who he doesn't have any power in his kicks right yeah. now. Yeah, who said the word shredded groin? Like who did they say that on the Kentucky broadcast? I thought it was his dad. Maybe it was. Um, <laughs> I think his dad said it, and I think it got referenced on the Kentucky yeah, broadcast. Geez. Well, I'll say this: no matter what, he looks like he's a hundred percent from twenty to twenty-nine uh, yards in, right? And he, I can't do the math very fast, but five of seven, seven of nine, eight of eight, and five of six from inside the forty. So he's extremely reliable on on those kicks. And yeah, I think the numbers are down. I just think, I don't know, man. I just really think that there were quite a few times this season that they just asked him to go out there and kick, and I was saying, what the f? Like, I mean. So that's so that's to me is the the area of concern, thirty to forty nine. He is eighteen of twenty five. 
in the last two years in that range. Yeah. That's not good, man. That because that's that's where you need your guy to be able to make kicks because those are the ones where like, well, we're not too close to go for it, but we're gonna come out here and get three. Yeah. But I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is, and those he's been he's go he's gotten bad on. Yeah, those. but his first two years, right? 14. He's thirteen. I man, I cannot do this math fast enough. Uh, thirteen twenty <laughs> of whatever. Like I, I don't know, man. It just gets harder the further you get away from the field goal. Twenty three. Yeah, he's missed three kicks. He's twenty of twenty three. Right? Yeah, eighteen yeah, twenty five. Yeah. Um. So, man, I don't know. I look. Look, if you want to go to it in a more situational mode, the kicks that I thought were like bad misses, the the weight game, that one hurt. Um, he admitted there was something wrong with his technique for the Clemson game, but obviously, like, I don't know. I was thinking about this morning. Would you have rather, af- after we went through the experience, would you have rather won that Clemson game in, um, in regulation? Or the overtime way yeah. we won. Regulation. Okay. I still can't get over the joy and excitement of winning in overtime like we did. Um, I still would have had the joy and excitement if we won yeah. in regulation. But I would have felt better because I wouldn't have had the anxiety. I guess so, two, but it, two overtimes. Yeah, it paid off. It paid off. Um, <laughs> and then he could really say the curse is over because then you end, you're ending it the same way you started it. Yeah, right, look, I don't want kick. Bambard or anyone like Bambard ever again. Sorry, Kyle. And I know what Chris Dunn gives sure me, listening. at least from 39 and in. And I'll take that. Right? We, I mean, I'll take someone who's basically automatic from that distance. And yeah. one more year is great. He'll set all kinds of records. Hopefully, he'll return to form. You know, maybe an offseason recovering from whatever. Is great. Um, you know, I guess I would just ask if, I mean, you know his numbers from 50 plus. Unless the, I mean, maybe the guys that are behind him are just awful, but maybe just trot one of those guys out instead if it's a 50 yarder. Like, it's, he's two of, two of yeah. eight. I just think it's time to stop trying that unless he proves something this offseason. So, I, I obviously am a Chris Dunn fan. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's better the devil you know than the devil you don't, right? It's that situation. And I don't think he's as bad as the numbers look, but he's also not as good as people make him out to be right now. Like, he's got some issues. He needs to get better. It's a bad year. It was a bad year. I think he would tell you he's got. And he missed those. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he he missed those clutch kicks, man. I think that is. That's why you brought him in here and you're still, you know, and those were. I will say this. He hit that clutch ass PAT again in Clemson overtime, right? Like I, I really, I still kind of feel like I still feel like we should have gone for two. He's never missed a PAT. Yeah, 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 I know. But what I'm saying is, he had shanked three straight field goals at that point, and then he went out there and, and hit that PAT. So, you know, it, man, I can't believe we're even talking like this. What have we? Who have we turned into? It's, it's an interesting debate, right? It's not as cut and dry as you think. Right? If you if he didn't ha- if you don't have the injury to bounce it off of, yeah. I just think they started pushing the limits. Um, and also, we're not even we don't even know. I mean, who knows what the conditions were in a lot of these kicks? Whatever. I mean, 
It's whatever. Yeah. The one they they rushed him out. Yeah. Well, I forgot what game that was. They rushed him out right before halftime to kick a 52-yarder or something like that. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. That was a ridiculous. Um, I was livid after that game. But that was – what is that, Mike? I don't know. There was another one where they – Was that Wake? It was Wake, I think. Yeah, it was Wake. Oh, whatever, man. I can't don't yeah, like, why are no. you No, hey, we're hey, yeah. we're ten and three. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> okay. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was interesting. So I I had I wanted people's thoughts and I got some emails and comments. A lot of people were just like, Well, unless we have a better option right now, then let's roll with it. And I was like, All right, I guess that's where I am. But like Yeah. He's gotten worse. He needs to get better. Hopefully it's his injury heals, whatever it is. But yeah. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. <laughs> Somebody in the pod chat just put a uh, dropped a, a link in there, and I'm going to read this because it's, it's freaking hilarious. Breaking: Leonardo DiCaprio's ex girlfriend Camilla Marone details the worst date of my life with the actor. He rented out a whole cinema and made me watch every single Star Wars movie while he ran around with a lightsaber pretending to fight bad guys. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, first off, that sounds like an incredible date, ma'am. <laughs> Was he high on mescaline? What? Uh... <laughs> That's wild. Uh, That's great. Go, Leo. That's funny. Anyway, uh, I got to apologize to Ed from L.A. He left us a voicemail after the UCLA game. And I didn't see it, and I didn't include it until, which I'm going to do right now because I want to play it, but I spaced out and forgot to play it last time. So here we go. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, Ed from uh, you know where. Um, my son was in town. We were going to go watch um, State and UCLA yesterday, and uh, obviously four or five hours before kickoff, uh, that plan had to be um, shit canned. Would be a good word. Um, <laughs> boy, UCLA really waited till the last minute to uh, let the bowl committee and uh, NC State's athletics department know that they couldn't play that was really sad uh, really sorry that happened especially for the the players on the Wolfpack. um i don't know is there a black cloud over nc state sports um it seems like you know the baseball team had to forfeit and they they could have won the world series i thought that team could have gone all the way and we know that men's basketball is not going to win another game this year they're going to get blown out boat raced and humiliated the rest of the season by their ACC opponents. What next? Happy New Year. Ed was, he also wrote me an email to go along with that voicemail. He was not happy to say the least with UCLA. And Chip Kelly just signed an extension at UCLA for a four year extension. Anyway, uh, Black Cloud, I don't think so. Uh, I think we haven't put ourselves in enough positions to be successful. Not often enough. I think there's a bit of bad, there's a bit of bad luck in there. But also, if you put yourself in those positions more often, those things won't happen every time. Uh, the baseball thing was a shit show. I don't think that was our fault. I think this thing was also a shit show. It was not our fault. It was UCLA just being stupid. I, there was no intention of them ever playing that bowl game. I firmly believe that. I will go down swinging on that one. 
So, yeah, I just think you have to put yourself there more often. And things will work out the way you want them to. Headset problems there, Will? Uh, power problems running out of battery here. <laughs> Juice. Oh, okay. So, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I think we've got to get ourselves in these positions more. Uh, the NCAA, you know, the Bulls, UCO, whoever, however you want to blame for that one, they are not well-run organizations. And that is, you know, the things that our situations have essentially, what's the word I'm looking for? Just brought that to the surface, right? It highlighted their incompetencies. Yeah. And I think that especially happens in Omaha. And then I think you see the lack of protocols or consistency with the bowl game. And that's that's where we go, right? I, mean, I just think it's, it's unfortunate. Now, the basketball team has won a game since then. Two unprobable wins on the road. Uh, Virginia Tech on the road against Louisville. Underdogs. So, I don't know what to make of this basketball team. It wasn't – I don't know. I I don't think the win at Louisville is any indictment of Keats one way or the other. Like, I don't think it means he's good. I don't think it means he's bad when they lose, right? I've, they're inconsistent. Yeah. And they don't do – and if, if guys like Terquavion don't have a really good night, like, you know what you're going to get from Sebron. If Terquavion has a good night, then you have a chance. If Terquavion and Helms both have good nights, then you'll win a lot of games. But the problem is, Terquavion's a freshman. He's going to be up and down. And you can't rely on him to to do that yet. Like, he can do it, but, you know, not many freshmen are doing that consistently. But the rest of the team is not there. Like, it's... What are you getting out of Marcel? You're not getting anything out of Cam Hayes. You're not getting any, enough out of other guys to to win when these when your your three primary guys have bad nights or two of the three or or one of them has a bad night, right? You're just not getting anything anything, anything for anybody else. I don't think Manny Bates is the golden child everybody makes him out to be right now. I think he would have helped. He'll help with the because, really big bigs, I guess. Yeah. I think Ernest Ross getting more time is good. I think he needs – he's athletic enough that he needs to be able to take his lumps. And I think the upside will be there because I don't think you're going to get it from just playing EB. So, I don't know. I don't, basketball – the basketball team's so weird. Uh, it, it's funny that all of the – I don't want to call them sunshiners, but the Keats, the pro Keats people came out after the Louisville win. Like, yeah, see, look, where are the haters now? And like, I would never pull for us to lose. I think that's stupid. I don't, I think people who say that are exaggerating people. I don't think most state fans would ever pull for us to lose, but at the same time, I don't not expecting us to win. Yeah. And I, I don't think one way or the other that a single game when you're talking college basketball, is going to tell you the whole story. So, I feel like, I, like after just watching, act like you've been there before. After, yeah, 
Yeah, it's kind of funny how um, the rally around the troops from certain people. But um, <laughs> it's funny watching that game. I was watching it. Um, first off, I like watching games a couple days later and uh, getting to speed through it. But because I was kind of like jumping every 15 seconds, it was like I was watching us be on fire or like flaming hot piece of shit. <laughs> like it was so erratic watching like every few possessions we'd be just race boat racing them. And then it would just be awful turnovers and it was a very strange erratic game, which is kind of what I would expect from a team full of a lot of young players having to over contribute at this point. Um, I was laughing when Turquavian got two thousand one second. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Um, you know, it's just it's just gonna be a team that's kind of fun to watch, um, but I'm not gonna like really stick around and watch them through losses. <laughs> like, I'm just ain't got time for that right now. It's kind of a weird season. It just needs to kind of play out. Um, I think last night or not last night, but two nights ago, whatever it was, kind of shows like when the team is hitting those shots, they can be a little dangerous. That's why I think they might be kind of fun to watch in the ACC tournament. Um, I don't think I saw like a tournament team out there by any means. I, you know, Seabron looks special. Some of the guys look like they can get on a streak. Um, it's fun to watch. They're kind of fast paced. They're trying really hard, which is what I like. It's super weird. Like the, like, I don't know how this keeps happening, but like that foul differential in the game with free throws. I can't remember how far it was into the game before we got our first free throw attempt. But I want to say it was like almost three quarters of the way through the game. Um, it was right near the end. Yeah. 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 I think it was like Sebron. I'm like, I've, I just don't understand how that happens. You know, I get we were kind of doing some dumb stuff with fouls, but Louisville was too. Um, if you want to talk about like a program that seems to be uh, spiraling out, uh, I did not have Chris Mack as like, being on the hot seat and uh it seems like the louisville twitter fans are all over his tenure at this point um he was fired by the fans like two months ago yeah they want they they want him out right they don't like him at all it's it's interesting though like i heard his press conference and i really wasn't planning on talking this much basketball so i didn't clip it but I wanted to, his press conference was actually really refreshing because I think he, one, the media asked him really good questions. All right, it was really interesting. And he gave good answers, like, and not just, like, coach speak answers and ah, everything's okay, you know, got to make shots, that kind of nonsense. Yeah. He gave you really good answers. And he spoke very highly of Turquavion and Sebron, uh, like, multiple times. I I don't, I don't know, but Louisville, Louisville fans – are not on the Chris Mack train, which they, I'll trade him straight up right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, his success at Xavier, I, I don't know. I, I'm just surprised at how they're reacting to it. I think, I don't know. It feels like Rick Pitino, like, gave them a sense of self that's, like, out of this world. Um, and... They should pay attention to what that got them. Um, but, you know, it's just 
I don't really want to talk much more basketball either right now. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, actually, I want to talk about Dave Doran and, and basketball. Um, a good transition because Dave spoke to the basketball team. And I'm going to play the audio because I'm sure a lot of people missed it. And let me know what you think. Yeah, well, first I want to tell you guys, we're fans of yours. Our team supports you guys. And, uh, you know, Manny, you're hurt. It sucks. We had seven starters out on defense this year. All right? Life's tough. A lot of it's going to be hard. So this is an opportunity to fight back. And the only way you're going to do it is love. Our guys loved each other this year. They truly fought. If you watched our games, our sideline, like the dudes that don't play, they were freaking jacked. They were fired up. They were yelling for the guys in the game. So we played Duke in two days, right? It ain't about Duke, it's about NC State. And that's the thing our guys embrace. Like for us to win, it started with us not beating us. Unforced errors, penalties you don't get in football. Turning the ball over, playing really hard. Loving it. It started with that. And what I witnessed in the last two years for all of us, it's been crazy, right? been crazy. You guys got a lot of stuff on the outside that can break you apart. The only thing that keeps you together is a commitment to each other. Okay? So I'm just here to tell you, football team, we're all in with you. We're pulling for you. We'll go out there and play Duke. Get after Duke's ass. But just buy into one thing. Don't beat yourself. What do you think? Woo! The second time I've heard it, it still it still hits me right. Um, man, just inject it in my veins. I wish just I wish I wish we got that version of Dave every single day of the week when he when he does these things. Bravo to the department for putting that out. That was that was really well done. And uh, I don't know how often like the football coach talks to the basketball team or whatever, but it felt natural. It didn't feel forced. And uh, it was it was it was very well done. Dude, the more I hear from Dave, like, the more I like him. Yeah. Right? The more he's winning people over by letting them see, hey, this is this is Dave Dorn. Right? This is what this is what I'm doing with our program. And essentially he's probably saying, This is what you should be doing with your damn basketball program too. But I I like him, man. The things he, the way he, he was real there, right? And he, he wins a lot of people over. Like we, I think we talked about this last week that if you get more of this from Dave, everything would be better. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, anyway. I think what it is, is the way he talks to his players and the way he talks to like young adults is different than the way he talks to most of the media you know to that it feels like it's like a forced interaction for him and he doesn't really like it um if he could treat them like they were his players maybe he'd have a little bit better engagement with those guys i know some people are like oh he's so great on like uh geez what's the name of those guys on the acc network that have like the radio show packer packer in durham right but he doesn't channel that kind of with others and you know, there's going to be still be some 
absolute douchebags in the national media that for whatever reason are never going to give them a break. Um, but I think the, I think the more the department can put stuff out like that, like, I don't know if a lot of people actually watch the, the one show on, um, on YouTube, but it's not enough, but it's really good. And he, I mean, he gives you that kind of thing every single week. And, And a couple of the other coaches do too. Um, and it's worth watching. The team does a really great job of putting that together. Um, so I think it would behoove them to kind of just continue doing that because I think it helps to chip away at the perception that he's, I don't know how to phrase this. Donut Dave. What's that? Donut Dave. Yeah. But also. That was what people were referring to. Yeah. When he's he, bland and. I don't know. When he do, when he goes on the they disrespect us tirades and you're kind of like, what? It's good to balance it out with the real Dave. And the more the real Dave would go out there, if he would talk to you like that, be like, they are disrespecting us because look how good we are, blah, 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 blah. I guess that's different than him just coming up and be like, we're getting disrespected. I don't know. It's just very weird. But at the same time, that's what the team needs to hear. So I get it. Sometimes the team needs to hear that. But I just thought it was great. I I assume the basketball players appreciated that. Um, I do think the key, some of the key to our success in football, and maybe it could translate to basketball, is that kind of juice squad element. That being said, I can't stand walk-on celebrating like on the end of the bench like that's the one thing in basketball that just drives me nuts so i'm sitting here thinking i was like how can i get that juice squad element without seeing you know the mathletes on the end you know acting all tough and hard when there's a three but uh man it was good it was really good it was just you know i was so glad to see a little more little piece of football in basketball season that's the thing man everybody is i don't know if it's because basketball is not as enjoyable as it could be or people are just that much more invested in football i think probably a bit of both i mean i honestly think we're a football school like i know as much as we 100%. like basketball 100%. and have that history there's just a lot more people that show up consistently and sell out for football. And yeah, I think that's kind of PNC sucks. That's well, that's another, say that for another day. But hey, yeah. now I did like that the the football team was at the PNC for the Canes game, and I think Tory Holt did he hit the siren? So like, get a lot of good publicity lately. Teams teams doing it the yeah. way. I think a bunch of people said they saw the coaches Speaking like of... drinking at backyard bistro. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of good publicity, here is um, after this is about a week ago after the Georgia Alabama game, Yahoo Sports Pod. They were talking about rankings for next year. That's what they had to say. I did, a, I did do the way too early. Pat Let 40. me call it up here. Uh, number one, as we stated, Alabama. <laughs> number two, Ohio State. Uh, I mean, I was dazzled by what they did without Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Uh, in the Rose Bowl, and the defense is going to get better. The defense sucked this year, but I think Jim Knowles is being paid a lot to shore it up, and I think he'll get it done. Number three, Georgia. And then I – all right, so I started having problems after three. I'll be be honest. Like, after nine, I didn't want to rank anybody. So that's kind of where I was with this. But uh, number four, Clemson. 
with two new coordinators, counting on DJ Oyangalale to to take steps forward. I mean, so it's, there's risk factor there. I thought number five Utah, which is a big reach for a Pac-12 school, but they are bringing back their thousand-yard rusher Tavian Thomas. They're bringing back their quarterback Cameron Rising. The defense will be good again. They always are. Uh, big game to start at Florida. See where that goes. Fascinating game. Yes, absolutely. Um, I wonder if it's a home and home or a buy. I don't know. That's a good question. Or it is a home and home. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Florida goes to Salt Lake City. Wow. I'd like to be there for that. When is that, Sully? Next year? Uh, yeah, 2023. I apologize. Okay. I didn't clip this we'll short enough, but we're coming you know up soon. Utah would love to have it in November in yeah. case it's, yeah. it's eight inches of snow. Um, six, Texas A&M, but like. Why am I putting Texas A&M sixth when they were seven and six? I know they've got good recruits coming in, but they're freshmen. Michigan seven. I don't love it. We don't even know whether Harbaugh is going to be the coach. We don't know anything there. Uh, Wake Forest eight. Ah! Pete, and you, you know what? You you were instructive there because you pointed out like let's not have the brand name bias. Let's take them seriously as a team that returns a lot of pieces that won eleven games. Uh, and then. Nine Notre Dame, ten Oklahoma State. So you tell me where I'm crazy. You tell me who I've left out of there. What do you got? So why is no one on BYU? Uh, you know, I that's a good question. I, I do think losing Tyler Algier really hurts. I don't think their defense was was very good. But Jaron Hall's back, and I mean they've they've established themselves. I, I should have put him them in here. As a matter of fact, it one here's how stupid this whole exercise was for me. At one point, I had them twelfth, and then I sent it in with them unranked. So, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Oh, my God. Evan, where are they going to talk about us? <laughs> it is. But, all right, who else? Who else do you like or you, or, or you don't like either way? Let me call uh, Let me call it up here. Sorry. I would put NC State higher. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I like NC State. Um, you know who I might have? Oh, That's my it. God. <laughs> Evan, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? You made us sit through all of that to hear what? NC State should be higher? Uh, there's a point there's a point to that you clown they first of all Pete Thamel mentioned us and he is not a Dave Dorn fan so that is in some credence in its own second of all ESPN did their preseason rankings and they have us number eight and what I've always said is that I want to be Utah or Oklahoma State and they've got us right in between Utah at number seven and Oklahoma State at number nine. Oh, so I'm like, man. okay, I guess that's pretty good. But here's what here's what ESPN's little snippet said. The Wolfpack were disappointed about not having a chance to compete, complete their second 10-win season in just 116 years when the Holiday Bowl was canceled. But NC State will be in prime position to reach the milestone in 2022 and possibly even win more. Devin Leary who threw for 3,400 yards, 35 touchdowns, is returning with the only difficult to replace Iki Aquanu being blah, 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 off the offensive line. Uh, linebacker Peyton Wilson, cornerback Derek Pitts, safety Tanner Ingle already declaring their intentions to stay. Wolfpack might bring back 14 of their top 15 tacklers. NC State's non-conference schedules, ECU, Charleston Southern, Texas Tech, UConn, is more than manageable. Well, we should start up the year 4-0. I agree. So I hope they give us a super high rating so we can take absolute advantage of that. For sure. Um, 
But the other rankings, <clears throat> Nick Saban had us 13th in his final coaches poll. I like that. Big Game Boomer had us number eight in his random rankings. And I got, it stirred up a lot of questions, right? There was a lot of um, conversation around it where people were equating us being ranked top 10 as a bad thing because look what happened to Carolina. And to my my point to that is one we're not Carolina and it's completely different reasons, but it is better to have these expectations or not not even expectations these rankings and this exposure versus somebody like Brett McMurphy who did his preseason and didn't even put us in the top twenty five, yeah. which is just a glaring omission. But now Dave Doran can take these numbers number eight hey we're single digits. And wave that around every recruit who we're trying to land. Noah Rogers, you don't think he's saying, look, number eight, like, you want to win? You, we can win here. And that is exactly what these guys need. There's no downside to us getting these these rankings or this exposure. I think this team is legit good. Yeah. But the better point is that it helps you sell your program to the kids, the people you need to sell it to, to – you know, Adidas who our contracts up soon, right? All these things that are going to play into your brand exposure. It's a good thing. I don't think people, sh- people should embrace it, not be scared because Carolina had a bad year. Right. Yeah. The higher you start, the longer you stay in the t- top 25. It's pretty simple. And it, uh, you're exactly right. I mean, like with recruiting, Recruiting always lags a year, so if you have a good year, it shows up typically in the next year's results. So if you get the benefit of two successful seasons leading into a year where you are preseason ranked in the top 8, top 10, top 12, wherever it ends up, that's really important. And the staff and the team have earned that kind of respect and should be able to use it to their advantage. So I don't understand why as a fan you'd be like, oh no, I don't want that. Who cares? No one get. No one really cares when people fall outside right. of the top ten or top twenty. It's when you're a fraud and you're in there. That's a different story. Now, do I think we should be top ten? No, I think we should be fifteen, fifteen to eighteen, kind of in that range, because we didn't beat Mississippi State, we didn't beat Miami, and we didn't beat Wake Forest. Right, so. There's still a lot left to improve, and we still have some holes. We, I mean, the entire offensive line to me is is questionable right now, aside from Grant Gibson, and we have unknowns at running back. I, I know we had Houston back there before, but I don't know how he holds up as a full season. I don't know where he is in pass pro. Like, there's all kinds of stuff I'm a little concerned with on the team. So, I don't think we should be top 10, but we shouldn't be afraid. If someone gives us that, great. Use it to your advantage. Who cares? Put out all the social media posts about it. I want to see graphics all year about how long we were in the top 10, blah, 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 blah. Just go for it. Who cares? No one outside of North Carolina gives a shit. Sorry, Mom. Man, I almost made it again. Like, it just doesn't matter. Just use it for your story and keep going. 
You know, like Noah Rogers right now has received officers offers this week from Ohio State and Clemson. So NC State needs everything that it can in its corner to make it look like it's a good program. I mean, I don't think we stand a chance against those, but it's worth a shot. You know, you got your big time offensive lineman saying he just got his dream school offer, even though he grew up a Wolfpack fan from Clemson. Yeah, I hope that top eight ranking gets thrown in his face and says, hey, we beat those guys last year. What are you talking about, Sam? Like, oh, who was that? That Pendleton. was, uh, what was that kid's Pendleton? Yeah, Sam yeah. Pendleton. I don't know how you yeah. say you're a Wolfpack fan growing up. And your dream school is Clemson. I just, you know, if you want to say it's because of their national titles and stuff like that, great. But, man, if you're the kind of person that wants to go live in the middle of nowhere in South Carolina, move on, son. I don't care. We already beat your asses this week or this year. So. (laughs) I hope we get Clemson early this year. So, we play the first, I think the first four games are all the out-of-conference games this year. I thought I saw a release on this. Hold on. Let me get this. I know I'm going to another another site's premium content, but I don't know if it's actually premium because they made it sound like it was pretty well known. Um, so the first four games are, yeah, so September 3rd at East Carolina, September 10th, Charleston Southern, September 17th, Texas Tech, September 24th, Connecticut. First off, we better be 4-0 at the end of that stretch. Second off, we better not Texas sleep Tech on Texas Tech. On. They beat the crap out of Mississippi State. Future cameo star, Mike Leach's Mississippi State. Mm. Um, but you know what? We have BC, Florida State, Virginia. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. They're not in order. No, they have the schedule's not out. But we host Virginia Tech That's next year? Have. I didn't really. I don't think so. Do this we? says it is also hosting Boston College, Florida State, Virginia Tech and Wake Forest and ACC play, and we'll have road games against Clemson, Louisville, North Carolina, and Syracuse. Man, didn't realize. Oh, we, we do have Virginia Tech because I remember we have all the new coaches. <sighs> yeah. Not a fan of that, but at least they just go went through a coaching change. Um, yeah, Virginia Tech for whatever reasons had our number. Um, but anyways, yeah. So look, whatever ranking you get. You win those four games, you're going to stay inside the top 15 for at least a month. So enjoy it. And people will say, yeah. oh, you're a paper fraud, blah, blah, blah. Then beat the first ACC team you play. And then beat the second. And just go win. Mm-hmm. Get bowl eligible as early as you can. And you can, you know, nothing sounds better than saying you're bowl eligible six games into the season. <laughs> you know, just just keep doing it, man. So. I agree. Yeah. There's no downside to it, and they people need to embrace it and wave it around and let everybody freaking see it and put up let billboards. The fall where they may, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Highest ranked team in the state. Slap that right in front of Mac Brown's office so we can see it. <laughs> Speaking of Mac Brown, uh, <laughs> one of the somebody in the pot army had quoted the transfer portal Twitter thing. And made a comment about Gosnell from UNC um, transferring out of UNC already. By the way, he's the one that missed the onside kick and <laughs> or missed the on, recovering the onside kick in the Carolina State game. Gosnell DM'd him, DM'd this person, and 
He was like, I've told him. I I, I missed the, no, the kick he, on purpose. <laughs> he told him that, you know, it actually wasn't him. It was somebody else's assignment who was supposed to be there or supposed to hit the kicker. And they didn't and blah, blah, blah. But then he started going on about how he missed his opportunity at NC State. And NC State's got you know what what kids need and there's no there's no culture at, uh, at Carolina and they don't they're not out there developing players and, and just like went on this like out of nowhere unsolicited rant to this guy about all the prog- all the problems that are ha- you know going on at Carolina and how you know he re- essentially regrets his decision and I was like Whoa! And I saw the screenshots. Like this is one hundred percent legit. It it was wild. Gosnell ended up transferring to Virginia Tech, where his brother just signed to play as well. No surprise there. But yeah, it was interesting. He, he was, and you don't really often hear guys come out and say that they regret choosing X school. I forgot how he phrased it. He said, "I was." Not that he was won over, but blinded by, you know, growing up a Carolina fan and it being my dream school when NC State was, is the better, better fit, better culture, whatever he said. Just wild to me. thought it was interesting. I hope he brings all of the playbook with him up to Virginia Tech and hands it over to Pry and says, here you go. Thank you for the scholarship (laughs) offer. Here's, here's my part. I will go run some routes now. See ya. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, it's not surprising at all, right? Yeah. I mean, their their mission, to me, has just been try to stockpile talent. And then, I just, you know, I mean, I guess my greatest fear was that they were going to, you know, use the first three years to stockpile talent and then add a bunch of really good coaches. Um, and all they've done is add Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren. And not fix the rest of the problems on the staff. So I'm kind of uh, perplexed at what's going on at UNC, to be honest. Um, But yeah, I just, it's funny because, you know, we were talking about uh, former recruits reaching out to state after they chose to go elsewhere. And, and typically Dave Doran is basically like, uh, yeah, sorry, man, you guys, uh, you could have signed and you didn't. And, um, I'm curious if Gosnell reached out at all, because if I remember correctly, wasn't he the one that the staff like supposedly went a little nuts on, uh, after he flipped? I think so. And I think they're like, the comment was like, we'll never get anybody else out of Surrey County. Not, we, not that we've ever gotten any from anybody from Surrey County before, but yeah, yeah. Like the staff was very upset about it. it was the two that i remember of recent recruiting was austin blasky flipping to georgia yeah and and then gosnell flipping to carolina hey blasky's got that national hope, championship ring hope it paid off zero snaps <laughs> did he yeah enjoy that oh he hadn't gotten any snaps yeah i was curious um yeah i think especially for the staff at the time like i mean it's got to be infuriating when you can, I mean, you can smell the mountain of BS 
coming from 30 minutes away and you know you're just like guys it's it's not what they're making it out to be and then i think they've had like i should go back and count it feels like they're almost up to like 20 players that have transferred out um it's a lot it is a lot they lost another one today and the guy didn't play or whatever but yeah he was there was a guy i don't know if it was the same guy but today but it was like the the lowest ranked guy from their class last year just transferred out and um I, I you know i don't know we'll see like i like i can't really we can't really say much about it because right there's probably what like at least five or probably five or seven more guys from nc state that have to technically leave because of this the limits um you know so we'll see yes but they're leaving for different yeah reasons, that's right that's that's what i was gonna say we're we can't kick guys that, like we're guys don't want to leave yeah that's you know everybody has said that that's our problem is that we've got guys that just they don't want to go the culture's too damn good. carolina's guys are just like <laughs> getting the hell out yeah getting the hell out yeah it's yeah. um i'm one of my theories too is i don't know if this is the case um maybe you can ask around but i'm curious if some of the guys are waiting to at least go through spring camp see one more time see if they can get up the chart see if they can get another four or five months of snc with the team get tape you know, get practice film out there before they go in the portal in the summer. Because if I understand it correctly, you know, you just need to be at the limit, the 85 limit, you know, when you, I don't know if it's when you start camp or if it's when you start fall camp. But I think it's, it's like fall camp, I believe. Yeah. So I, so in theory, they don't have to, they don't have to go in the portal yet. And I'm curious if a lot of teams or a lot of guys out there, are seeing, you know, the thousand plus guys that are in the portal at this point and saying like, man, I, I don't want to go yet. <laughs> it it's, doesn't seem like it's a good idea. Um, so I, I don't know. It's going to suck. Yeah. I mean, culture so good that guys don't want to leave. I get that. And um, it's going to be tough. You know, I still think that the Thomas family should, should pay for Thayer and Drake since we're picking up, lex you know on the back end i i just think it would be fair you know we could save two scholarships like that those guys already have their branding they've got their hoodies you know i think it wouldn't be that hard for them might might be worth looking into folks that's what i would do (laughs) they've got 529 funds for those kids come on (laughs) i wonder what the like what are the limitations when when somebody does that right do you i know they get some sort of they don't get the same benefits and perks as the scholarship players yeah. there's, there's something weird with that i don't know you i would just i don't know I, how it works with like the food the room and board stuff yeah the training table I mean, but definitely people are going to people are going they have and it won't be uncommon we saw some this year or last year with guys leaving after spring. Yeah. I think you'll see some of that. Like maybe they see, but Hey, maybe I can get my way in spring or maybe I can, you know, earn some reps and get a chance. And then they don't, they leave. I don't think that it's not obviously not over yet, but I think we'll see some of that happening. And I still think there's obviously a case like uh Durden was for us Mm -hmm. 
where guys want to finish out the semesters and then transfer and then go, right? They don't all want to leave at the last minute, you know, classes start and it's hard to, you know, take visits and find your place during the holidays and all those things. So like a lot of that stuff still happened. You're still seeing guys enter the portal on a daily basis. Got to see where your girlfriend's going. (laughs) Right. Got to see where your girlfriends are going. (laughs) Yeah. I hope state picks up some offensive linemen from the portal. That's what I want to see. I don't know who's leaving. We'll make room. We better get some big asses because we're going to need it. Yeah, I mean, it's just... We're going to break. It's, it's a week. It feels like if you don't know it, if you don't know it yet, we're in a very small window <laughs> to exploit. And yeah, this is the time to be bringing in guys to win now and to be like swinging for the fences on the recruiting trail to take advantage of, of this, you know, this run you've been on. Um, so I, I hope it continues. It's just, yeah. So I'm not going to, I don't want to get too much into the offensive line. We have like six pages of notes and there's a bunch of offensive oh, yeah. lines yeah. stuff in there, but we'll get to it another point, another, another point. What I wanted to talk about though, was more college football playoff expansion and ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips' take on it. And I'm not going to read all of these tweets. but Because <laughs> we played too much of that cl- podcast? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, hey, look, our production budget is low here. It's Friday so night. I Give us a break. Editor. Yeah, it is Friday night. I... I'm not going to read all these, but I'll include them in uh, I'll include them in the, the post when I put this podcast up. Essentially, the last one that his last um, comment here, Nicole Auerbach put out ridiculously long tweet thread with all these on it. But Jim Phillips says ACC coaches are unanimous in their belief that now is not the right time to expand the playoff. And that, when I read that, it made me want to throw something at my phone or throw my phone at something. I don't know. Like, it is one of the dumbest statements that our commissioner could put out. I know it's not true. There's no way that coaches think that is a good idea. Go to Pat Narduzzi right now and say, hey, Pat, would you have liked to play? You know, you won the ACC this year. Would you have liked to play in the playoff? No, I'm unanimously against it. (laughs) Like, what kind of stupid comment is that? I don't know what the end goal is there. Because that is... Jim Phillips, like the Pac-12 commissioner, came out and said... he needs Jim Phillips needs to say the same thing as this guy. This guy came out and said, we're in favor of any model that expands the playoff. (laughs) He didn't pull any punches. He was... Just, hey, this this has got to get done. Let's do it. We're in favor of it. It's everybody else that's holding this up. Yeah. What the hell is Jim Phillips doing thinking that there's any benefit to not expanding it? When you have, when you're a league, and we saw it this year, we're a league with one good team or one playoff good team. And a f- bunch of other teams that have potential to you know, make an expanded playoff, if you will. Why would you 
put all of your eggs in, hey, everything's fine. You know, we're good. the model's going to change, but, you know, we've got to really think this through. Like, why would you do that? Because you saw this year, hey, Clemson had a bad year, and how many teams did we get in the playoff? How much playoff money did we get? Zero. Zero dollars from it. If it's not a play to get Notre Dame to join the ACC and say, hey, Notre Dame, wouldn't it have been nice if you were part of a league and we had an 18-team playoff and you could have got in there this year? Like, okay, I, I'm i on board then, Jim, if that's what you're doing, but there's just no way. you telling me Clemson doesn't just, want to have an even easier path to get there? Here's his three reasons. Jim Phillips says the ACC has three buckets of concerns. One, too many unanswered questions related to athlete health, safety, length of season. Two, overall disruption in college athletics. What the F does that mean? And then three, holistic review of college football that includes athletes' feedback. What? What? Say nothing, and you're saying more than that. Like, these kids, somebody made a point in the pod chat today. College football season is the shortest season that they'll ever play sports. NFL plays 16 16 games plus preseason. 17 games plus preseason. High schools are playing 13 to 15 games. Like, give me a break. What is what is that nonsense? I don't understand. I don't understand it. And they, he said it's not tied to our desire to have Notre Dame join the league. What yeah. in the hell would you... I don't know. Jim Phillips says AC is no longer attached to an 18 model. We feel the fourth 14 model is the best thing we can do until we get some of these things addressed. I would I, that that infuriates me because I I don't get it, man. Why why would you you're the ACC, why would you not push to get an expanded playoff? It should be conference champions plus some number of at-large bids. And I get it. You know, people are saying people when I put that on Twitter, people are responding, "Well, you know, it's you're still going to end up with Alabama and Georgia in the finals or the top, you know, we've seen top two teams." What happens when let's say, you know, maybe USC starts to be good again? Yep. Oklahoma. Right? There's more than four good programs out there. And sure, Alabama probably or Georgia probably would have won this year if you had 12 teams. We would have had, I would have loved to see other teams match up against it. I would have loved to see Pitt's offense take a shot at Alabama this year. Are you telling me that you don't think Ohio State might have threatened to beat Georgia? Because Georgia sure right. as hell struggled when they played Alabama with two good wide receivers. Like I just don't understand that. Like I'm 100% with you. Like they're, I want to see these games. I would love to see these matchups. There's no downside to it. In fact, it makes having a fourteen exclusive playoff is just makes the divide between the haves and the have nots even bigger. If you have an expanded playoff, now Dave Dorgan can say, look, you don't have to go to Clemson to get in the playoff. Right? This is twelve teams. We could finish first or second in the ACC and and get into this playoff. 
And think about any other team. Wake Forest, Pitt, any of these other teams that had chances. I would have loved to seen Georgia beat the piss out of Wake Forest, but I would still like to see the matchup, right? I would have just... I don't know, man. I don't understand the mentality that that it's not good enough or that that's good as it is. Because I think you make it... You want parity in college football. You need to expand the access there. Because Georgia, Alabama, those schools are going to get their players... With NIL, you know, they're going to, it's, that's not going to change. They were already getting those players. NIL, what it does is now maybe other schools have a chance at some of those guys. And then you add an expanded playoff to it. Hey, there's another thing. Look, you don't have to go to these schools to get into this, this playoff. You want to play for a championship? You can do that here. We're preseason number eight at NC State. You want to get in the playoff? Hey, we've got a chance, Noel Rogers. Come here, be a part of this. I don't understand what Jim Phillips is thinking. You need to elevate the, your league. And I get he is making up for John Swafford's terrible TV deal and just all the dumbass decisions that guy made in, that have really hampered the league. But this was his opportunity to really you know, do something and make an impact and jump on with the Pac-12. Like, look, let's go. Let's do something. We want to expand the playoff. This is what's going to – instead you got – this nonsense. Like, I don't know if Jim Phillips any good, but my initial impression of him right now is not great. Like this is, this is the one area where I think he is making a bad decision. Yeah. Short of this being Literally. a big bargaining chip or a big F you. I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard to follow the logic there. Um, you know, if you don't want there to be extra games, you don't have to have these made-up conference championship games. Or make them worth something, right? I, I saw y'all's conversation about it today. The conference championship, that that game changes dramatically if the winner of that game gets into the playoff. Yeah. That whole conference championship week, nobody pays any attention to it. Because most of those games are meaningless, right? There is no... <laughs> benefit to it oh you want you won your league good what does that get you nothing but now if that gets you you know a playoff berth you think wake and pit wouldn't have been there would have been like 50 percent more people at that game there would have been a lot more interested parties watching that game or who's gonna get the accs at you know bid i just i don't get it man i think it's it's very short-sighted Tell you what, you get another game of Kenny Pickett if right Pitt exactly is playing for a playoff. That's another one. These guys aren't opting out. You're right. you're 100 percent right. These guys aren't opting out if that game means something. Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Walker, any these other guys that have, that opted out are playing those games because hey, it means something. And let me just put this out there. I think the one time that you can have an advantage over in Alabama or Georgia is when they don't have a month to prep for you or an off season. And if you get them and then the next week they have to play a completely different opponent or two weeks later, you stand a much better chance yeah. against them than you do four or five, six weeks later. So this whole, like, there's no chance, you know, what if Georgia throws a couple pick sixes with that terrible walk-on quarterback that they have? <laughs> you know, what if Ohio State goes over the top on them? You know, what if Alabama 
you know, loses to Baylor. Like it's it's not out of the question. And so I'm I'm just uh I'm tired of the same thing over and over and over again. And I do not want to see any more SEC championship games part two in the finals. I'm tired of it. Like I'm tired of it like auto bidding its way in like I thought this year if they had any balls, they would have made Alabama and Georgia play each other in the semi. And say, we're tired of having the national championship decided by you two. That's just how I would have played it. Of the big games, of the New Year's Six games, and the playoff games, do you know which one had the lowest TV ratings? Was it the championship game? It was the championship game. Shocker. Right? I mean, people want to see these other matchups. They expand the playoff, guys. Get off your asses. Yeah. I mean, look how awesome that Utah... Uh, Ohio State game was, dude. Think that about, was amazing. So good. Think about how great that game is if it's a playoff game. Because wasn't Utah the champion, or am I mis, or am I misremembering? No, Ohio State won that game. No, no, no. I meant Utah was the Pac-12 champion. Oh yeah, correct. Sorry, they beat Oregon yeah. in, the, in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, yeah. That game means even more. I, yeah. I you know, I, I just, I can't believe he said. I'm sure they all got in a back room and said, I'm going to say this is unanimous from the college football coaches here, but there's no way. Because the other thing is, there's more money. There's no way. There's, there's, I just cannot believe it. And it's, you know, I think uh, maybe it was Bill Connolly or I think it was Bill Connolly. who was like, you're like alpha dog team. Couldn't even field like an, a competent offense this year and doesn't hasn't made any changes at this point that says that they're going to just be infinitely better on offense next year. So you don't want an access for your conference? I, I don't know, man. Just just very odd. If, if the goal is not to get Notre Dame in and renegotiate your contract and this isn't part of that ploy, then... I don't get it. What what are they changing in the NCAA? Like, I, here's the thing. Like, where's all this bark coming from from these athletic directors all of a sudden? Because you guys could have helped make changes in the past. Where were you guys going into this whole signing day when every college team was trying to say, you need to expand the rosters so that we don't boot a bunch of guys out for no reason and don't recruit a bunch of high school players? Where were the athletic directors then? Talk. I didn't hear them saying anything about the NCAA needing to reform. It's all nonsense, man. Just. <sighs> I can't believe how short-sighted all these people is or are. And it's just. I hope there's an ulterior motive that we don't know about. Because those comments really really put a they're really disappointing to me and it, as a college football fan it they can do better man it, just how do you not see that your product needs help and i don't know man i was, I was so furious when i read that <laughs> going off the golf course and i saw that i'm like what the f the guy's like what yeah so jim phillips i would love to hear a detailed explanation on that so, all right, 
That's all I got now. I had to get that out, and that was bugging me. Anything else? I think. Are you frozen? No, I'm reading stupid inside oh. Pack Sports uh, comments. Oh. <laughs> okay. Talking about how All right, Dave Doran doesn't need to improve his public image. Oh, God. God, I can't. I can't oh, with God. these guys. No, they just don't understand big picture. I, I just, I can't. Yeah, go listen to pretty much every. I should pull all these quotes together from all the ones I've clipped over the years of, well, you know, if Dave Doran was, you know, interesting or, oh, it's just, you know, it's NC State. Oh, their offense was interesting. Right. People don't understand that the big picture branding, how that plays into all of this, all of this. So anyway, I like Dave's uh, beard. Yeah. I'm curious if he's going to grow it out with it. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, all right, it's Friday night. <laughs> That's enough. Uh, Pack plays Duke tomorrow. Basketball. I promise we will have a deeper basketball podcast at some point. Mm. But <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I miss Matt Coe, right? I miss Matt. I'm going to put it out there. Matt Matt does it better than everybody else, and he's uh, wasting away over there at the Wolfpacker. Are you sure we can't so. get him, like, a voice modulator and, like, put him in the, you know – we probably could. I need to give it an alternate name. I think I could probably adjust his voice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Y'all have a good Friday night. Thanks for listening. Go pack. Go pack. I was raised by the waves. I was raised by the waves.